by the time you hear this podcast, girl, you'll never know how true it actually was. I want to be vanilla. No, you can't be vanilla. I am always vanilla. No, but you can't be vanilla two days straight. Why not? Because you are Germany and I'm from France. Oh, now I get it. Makes sense Makes to sense. me. Millie Vanilli commercial, take one. Hello, we are Millie Vanilli. You know, a lot of people don't understand the enormous success of Mili Vanilli. And neither do we. <laughs> but we are here today to tell you that you too can be Mili Vanilli with lots of positive energy and our new do-it-yourself at home, Mili Vanilli Kid. That is right. In just ten minutes, count on five, ten. You didn't think I could do that, huh? Ten minutes, you two can look and sound just like Mili Vanilli. Tell them what they get, Vanilli. Well, for only $39.95, you'll get this. Mili Vanilli hair. Very easy to apply. And dye it whatever color you like. Plus, you'll get this. Mili Vanilli eyes that will give you... Positive energy. <laughs> what else? Let's not forget our terrible accents. You'll also get this. That's right. You listen to these cartoon characters. Pepe Le Pew, Boris and Natasha, Elma Fad. <laughs> and you are almost ready to be Mili Vanilli. No, but not yet. No, no. <laughs> you go out and see the latest, hottest, freshest, exciting dances, but don't do them. No, no, no. Do this and stay. <laughs> now you are doing Millie Vanilli. So get a friend. Because it takes two jerks to be Millie Vanilli. And remember, don't forget our number. So act now because we are almost out of style. All right, so that will give you a clue as to what we're speaking about tonight. And if you follow our podcast on Instagram, you already know what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the By the Time You Hear This podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're here with another episode on this nice Friday evening. Um. Thank you again for everybody listening. And I love y'all. Wow. You can find us, of course, on Instagram at by the time you hear this with the letter U instead of the word U because we're urban. Yes. The U stands <laughs> for urban. Uh, you can also email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com with the same spelling with the letter U. Uh, on Facebook, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the word you. And um, I haven't asked you about this for a while. Uh, the the website. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Okay. Hold on. I, is it me or do I sound weird? I sound like I'm in a box. I, I don't know. Or maybe it's because I don't. Hold on a second. Let me. Does that sound. I don't know. 
maybe it's in my head. No, I am. Um, let me get let me get back to you. Uh, so I do sound weird, don't I? A, li- a little bit. Okay, yeah, that was just me. All my all the settings look the same as yours. So I don't know why. Yeah. Hmm. You, I, I put a little more volume on. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the XLR card, the XLR cord is uh, cable is different. Oh, maybe it's that. Maybe that's it. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Um, I had started working on it, and then I got sidetracked. And I had stopped working on it. So, um, now that you have reminded me, I will start working on that again. I've got some time coming up with Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah coming up, <laughs> depending on what you celebrate. Festivus. Oh, for the rest of us, <laughs> the guy who um, I found out that the guy who restocks our office is named Kwanzaa. Hmm. Yeah. They said they're going to get him something for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Is he black? Yeah, he's real black. If he wasn't black, then that, you know, that would be a whole different conversation. Black is his table. Like, he's really, he's (laughs) dark. That was not necessary. That was not. (laughs) Somehow I felt the need to say it. So, uh, again, well, um, thank you everyone for listening and we'll eventually have a website. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, also, um, uh, I, w- I like to send a, uh, a shout out to the switch style podcast. Um, uh, came by the station, the radio station yesterday to, uh, do a, another show that, that I work on. And uh, he said he'd been listening to us, and he appreciates how knowledgeable we are. What? Oh, okay. I, I, well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I wing everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely appreciated um, uh, Jay from the Switched Out Podcast for for that. Um, and uh, like, well, I did tell him like we would have him on the on the on the podcast one day once we figure out. Uh, kind of more what the hell we're doing (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah um we also wanted to uh i forgot to mention this before we started recording wanted to debut a new segment oh yeah we did talk about that didn't we yeah okay so we'll debut a new segment on this i'm down episode okay i'm down with it so we'll we'll uh we'll save that (laughs) (laughs) um so as we always do, we have some music news. Um, let me pull it up because I now I've now I've forgotten what the. Yeah, I think you have it all on your laptop. I don't have <laughs> other than like the one or two stories. I I, I need to. I should I should have had everything up. But uh, the Golden Globe nominees came out, and we're only going to talk about one category, and that is the best original song, and. As I predicted, the best original song nominee, um, one of them is Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Uh, let's see if we can get any more information about it. Uh, I know Justin Timberlake was the performer. Mm-hmm. Max Martin and Shellback were mm-hmm. also writers. Yeah. So, Yeah. Who was did was it production by Max Martin too? Listen to the song. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <It> probably is. <laughs> uh, what is Shellback's real name? I, I have I, I used to know, it, but I can't remember. Um, 
I can look it up too if you don't have it. I, I, I have it. Uh, Shellback. His real name is Carl Schuster. I would go by Shellback too. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the song was written by Justin Timberlake, Max Martin, and Shellback. And it is a Golden Globe nominee. Also, the... Um, trying to find the... I'll have to go back this way. Okay, so also nominated is a song from the... Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. We're I'm a, I'm a little unprepared, but uh, we're, we're going to get back to this, okay? All right. So also nominated is a song called City of Stars, uh, written by Justin Hurwitz and Pasek and Paul. Uh, that's a song. It's a song from the movie La La Land. I don't think I saw. Hold on. What was the, what was La La Land? I think it had Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and. Okay, I, I, know, know I think right. I know. Uh, there's a song called Faith, by. Who gets credit for singing it? The, it's a song by Stevie Wonder and Ariana, featuring Ariana Grande, written by. Ryan Tedder, Ooh. Benjamin Levin from the. I'm sorry, that's Benny Blanco. <laughs> and Francis Farewell Starlight who is the lead singer of Francis and the Lights I don't know who that is uh, they performed this song uh, Stevie Wonder and Ari Grande performed it on the season 11 finale of The Voice which was just a couple of days ago but uh, I don't watch The Voice and we'll probably do an episode on those kinds of shows yeah um also nominated <clears throat> is the song Gold. Right. Oh, sorry. Faith is from the movie Sing about the uh, the animals who have the who have an American Idol style competition there's to a, save a theater. There's a movie about something like what the, the it's a movie called Sing. I've never heard of Sing. Huh. Um, Stevie Wonder was a writer too. Okay. Oh well, on um, I'm just saying on the Wikipedia page, he's not listed as a writer. Oh, I'm I'm at the uh, where am I? But he I is Google. part of the. I think he's nominated here because mm-hmm. he's a performer on it. So okay. maybe somehow that Golden Globes kind of they play it fast and loose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because like with um, I know there was one year where <clears throat> there was a couple of new songs in the movie Dream Girls. Yeah. And it was a song that Beyonce did. I think it was for Listen, and she was nominated as a writer for the Golden Globes. The same song was nominated for an Oscar, but the limit is four people, Uh, and there were five on it, so they took her name off. Because you probably didn't do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, gotta go. (laughs) So from the movie Gold, uh, it's a movie starring Matthew McConaughey about a businessman who strikes gold, literally, Hmm. in the uncharted jungles of Indonesia. Uh, There's a song called Gold, written, written by... Uh, Stephen Gagan, who is known for his traffic screenplay, the Steven Soderbergh film, Danger Mouse, Daniel Pemberton, and the song was performed by Iggy Pop. Okay. And also, last but not least, it is it has been Lin Manuel Miranda Lin Manuel Miranda's year uh, with the success with Hamilton. And now he is nominated for co-writing a song, How Far I'll Go, for the movie Moana, with Opatai Foy. I, I, uh, 
get it's me. first time I'm seeing that name. You gave it a shot. You <laughs> I, gave, I gave it a shot. shot. And uh, Mark Mancina, who uh, has arranged many songs, including for, with uh, a composer for soundtracks like Con Air and The Lion King. Uh, okay, yeah. was this performed by Alicia Cara? I believe so. Okay. I just real I just <clears throat> excuse me. I just realized what Moana was. That's the Disney movie. Right. With the rock. Let me make sure. I'm pretty sure that was the Yeah. Yeah, it's performed by her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, She's those not- are the nominees for best original song for the Golden Globes. Um not for certain that off that these are the five that will be nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah. Possible, <laughs> but someone may sneak in there. Um next we have the fifty best albums of the year according to Billboard. So, uh, we'll probably try to find a way to fit in a, a year-end list. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to give you an idea, uh, Ray Shrimmer's Shrim, uh, Shrim Life 2 is number 50. Okay. Huh, okay. But we're going to go from 10 to 1. All right. Number 10, Anderson Pax Malibu. Good choice. Good choice. Our number 9, Marin Morris, Hero. So, best new artist cracking the top 10. Mm-hmm. Number uh, eight, the 1975. I like it when you sleep, for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it. That's That album. That uh, album's getting a lot of love. Yeah. All right. Number seven, Solange, Seat at the Table. Now, it's funny because that, well, I mean, I don't think it didn't do poorly, but like, for like it to be so high on the list. So I mean is this this can't be sales wise, is it? Is it just um or is it critical? Well it opened at number one. <clears throat> but uh, how many but how, I, how many did it sell though? I don't but know. But it is good. It's good. The point is it's good. <laughs> it's about sales. Uh number six, which will probably even more enhance your sentiment, uh a tribe called Quest. <laughs> we got it from here. Thank you for your service. Uh, number five, Frank Ocean's Blonde. So I guess uh, Kanye's okay with this one. He's all right. I don't know. It wasn't nominated for a Grammy. But Billboard, man. Billboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that's enough. Uh-huh. Number four, David Bowie's Black Star. Okay. I got, of course, I figured that'd be on there. Number three, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, The Life of Pablo. I forgot that did come out this year, didn't it? Okay. Yeah. And the number one album. Number one. I want you to guess. Oh, well, I was about <laughs> to pull up the list. So, um, uh, before, before I pull it up, um, number one. Oh God! What's come out this year? If the nineteen seventy five isn't number one, um, I'm tempted to just look at the list now. Is it uh 
Oh God, what was it's not lemonade, is it? No, no, um, it's not. Please tell me it's not Beyonce's formation. Lemonade bullshit. Ah, oh, come on, are you for real? It's lemonade. Oh. Oh God. Uh, okay. Well, I can't read Billboard anymore. <laughs> so yeah, Lemonade is number one. Billboard on needs list. to get into formation. That's they need to. Um, Why? For those who want to know, uh, Drake's Views is number seventeen. Um, I saw Dangerous Woman in there. Kendrick somewhere. Lamar's Untitled Unmastered which came out like a day after LeBron tweeted, Hey Kendrick, how about some new music? And then Kendrick Lamar has a new, a new album. Cause they totally <laughs> didn't play that. You know. uh, Radiohead number 12, um, with their, a moon shaped pool. Rihanna was number 11. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I recognize here. Uh, Kate Trinata is 99.9%. It's number 26. Uh, the oh. Hamilton mixtape was number 23. I feel like that. The, um, Catronaut album should be a little higher. Uh, the Weekend Starboy was twenty one. I also feel that should be higher. Uh, Galant's Ology was number nineteen. Yeah, Dangerous Woman's twenty two. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's, it's a solid list, I guess. Uh, Alicia Keys here was forty. Uh, Young Thugs <laughs> Jeffrey, the one where he's, I I don't know what this is that he's wearing on the cover of his own album, but that was number thirty eight. <laughs> Uh, Metallica's Hardwired is 35. Um, Lady Gaga's Joanne was 32. So check out that list of the Billboard's top 50 of the year. Um, let's see what else we have to talk about. Okay, so Ben brought this up and he'll have more details <clears throat> about it. But uh, I, I I hadn't even something I hadn't even thought about is that uh, there are bots. That are oh, yes. buying these concert tickets, and that's why they get sold out in twenty seconds. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty messed up. Yeah, so I read about this becoming a bill like maybe a week or two ago, and so um, President Obama, who's I guess you know, going into he's in his last month of office now, mm-hmm. he's he's hitting it with some zingers, man. Um, <laughs> he signed into law a, the bot bill, which basically will prevent um, <clears throat> will prevent people from using bots to buy up tickets. So that's, that's been an issue for, I mean, I mean, I know I heard about it for maybe five years ago or so with people basically, um, as soon as tickets go on sale on like an online, um, distributor, they use bots to go snatch up all the good seats and then they sell them back for really high prices. So that's, what's really causing these high, high resale values sometimes on these tickets and causing them to, you know, sell out really quickly. So, um, I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm glad that the government's, you know, finally starting to catch up with technology. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents there. Like, I, I think it's a good idea. All right. Um, so what do you think would have to happen? Like, if, if you're not able, if the if you're not able to create bots to to buy and resell these tickets, mm-hmm. what do they have to do? What, what are these people going to do that they've, I don't know. they've had their livelihood at stake? <laughs> I almost imagine like someone getting wise and just opening a call center with like people. And it's like, all right, tickets go on sale in five, four, three, two, click. And they just start trying to buy every ticket that they can. <laughs> and like, you know, you just have higher overhead now. 
Like you got to pay these people. Maybe they open sweatshops in Thailand. That's how they get it done. <clears throat> but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Now someone's saying here like, oh, so can't you just run the bot outside of the U.S.? Got to hope that doesn't happen. Someone just, you know, instead of opening a sweatshop in Thailand, just open a, a bot in Thailand and they, and they do it that way. That would be kind of tragic. So, um, yeah, they may find a, a roundabout way. I hope not. Because <laughs> then at that point, it's just like, eh, well, you know. Uh, someone said, can they do something about all the bots on Tinder? I didn't know that was a problem. <laughs> hey, look, catfishing is real, man. I didn't know. It's real in those streets. Maybe I'll catfish somebody just to mess with them. <laughs> Have some fun. Get in my car and just watch them show up. Just like, oh, she's not coming. Like, <laughs> ooh, gotta get to work. I'm late. Like, like, <laughs> um, so, uh, another milestone has been reached mm-hmm. in the Spotify world. Uh, One Dance by Drake. Featuring Wiz Kid and Tyla. I think Kyla, excuse me. Yeah. Wiz Kid and Kyla <laughs> has reached a billion streams. That's with the B. Billion with a B. A billion streams on Spotify. The first song to ever do so. That's insane, man. Like this is are we in the era where like they were breaking all the records? Like all the boy bands are breaking the records. And now we're in the era of a billion, like, oh, you got a billion views on YouTube, or you got a you get a billion streams on Spotify. Like, is this our new, you know, a million in a week? Is that what this is now? That that's got to be what it is. Yeah. I mean, the the thing the 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 thing that's interesting about this is that people continue to play this song all year. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of over it to be honest. <laughs> like it's yeah, I'm kind of over it. I feel like this is, um, I'm trying to figure like, what could attribute to the billion views? Uh, was it like school dances and the DJ just had his Spotify account up? Yeah, like, yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just play this. I mean, I know I had this song on my Uber playlist for a while, mm-hmm. but I have like 75 songs on it. <laughs> so it, it didn't play that many times over the course of me driving. Or did it? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, was it played repeatedly at weddings or and proms and uh, I don't know. Like it were uh, people playing it like on, if they were playing it on the radio, they they were playing it from Spotify or something rather than the 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 MP3 or whatever file yeah. itself. What do what do they play in radio stations? Are they using Spotify? I think some do. Uh, Okay. The the one I work at doesn't. Uh, okay. But it's more talk radio, so yeah. there's not a whole lot of music being played. Yeah. Um I don't know. Hmm. I mean that that may have attributed to it, but then that might hurt radio, I feel like in a way. What the other like you're help <laughs> you're helping Spotify, but you're not really doing anything for yourself. Yeah. Huh. I mean that's weird. I don't know. <clears throat> but uh <clears throat> A billion. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. That's I mean, there's how many people in the world? There's six billion. Seven, seven billion. Seven billion. So that means what? Like a lot of people. I guess I can't do the math <laughs> in my head. <laughs> like every look at this. Like everyone in 
China. Everyone in China. Well, that half the people in China. There are there two billion people. I think there are two billion people in China. Jesus Christ, China, (laughs) wrap it up. Well, <laughs> well, they have a lot of. You can't have more than one child. I think that's still the law there. Oh, I'm God. not sure. Are they drowned the, the the daughters or something? <laughs> or is it, all the people in India? I think India is past a billion. Asia is just a, a crowded country. <laughs> uh, uh, not a country. I'm smarter than that. A crowded <laughs> continent. <laughs> it was like all the people in India oh played it one time. One point three eight one billion people. Jesus, China. One point three eight billion. Three eight one. Excuse me. Okay. So they're closing it on a billion and a half people. Yeah, that's insane. So, yeah, if all but three hundred million people in China played the song one time, (laughs) and then India one point two billion. That's insane. Uh, man, I'm not going to China. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 crowded over there. It's not going to be like the Karate Kid. No. They have, with, there's with no Jay, space with Jaden Smith. There's no space, <laughs> which was actually more like the Kung Fu Kid mm-hmm. rather than correct. But anyway, semantics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we're going to do here is, um, Ben, if you could give us your earroom of the week, and then we'll introduce our new segment. Okay, um, it's a band called Don Bracco, and the song is called Automatic. Um, I don't, did you have Madden 16? Yeah. It was, it was on the soundtrack and okay. they just released the album, I think a couple of months ago. Um, I was obsessed with that song. Like I would play in practice mode just so I could hear it all the time. Uh, coming up in, as I pull up their page on Spotify in May, they will be at the masquerade. Really? Performing with state champs and against the current. Against the current. That's the band with um the girl who got famous doing covers that sounds like Haley from Paramore. Like after the break, okay. play some of her stuff. She sounds just like Haley from Paramore. It's eerie. She even I think she even acts like her on stage. Like Does it's, she have red hair like her too? I think she used to. <laughs> Christy Costanza, that's her name, Christy Costanza. I'd probably get Matt to go to see that with me. He go see it for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll introduce our new segment after the break. But for now, Ben's Earworm of the Week, Automatic by Don Bracco from the album Automatic. And if you have Madden 16, it was on there too.
Automatic by Don Bracco from the album Automatic. <laughs> I like that one. I don't have enough rock on my Uber playlist. That's like, my clientele. I, like, I feel like rock's kind of dead in the in the popular sphere. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's not. I mean, hell, I mean, the last show that a band that I was in tried to play in Buckhead, rock music didn't go over that well. Like yeah. they just they kind of kicked us off stage and played a bunch of pop, and all was good in the world. Y'all don't play enough future. That was one. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, 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 I just started mumbling. <laughs> so yeah, check out um, Don Bracco's Automatic. Um, okay, so. The new segment that we're going to debut now with a lot of posts with from our uh, from our Instagram, we get likes from I think just because if I like use the right hashtags, I'm going to get a certain kind of person that's going to like the <laughs> post, which I'm wondering, like, who follows these hashtags like that? Yeah, <laughs> like that's really weird. So uh, going forward, it's going to be if you like any of our posts where we're talking about what our next episode is or what our most recent episode is. It'll be something like that. So I'm just starting with the last post we had, which was a clip from the Millie Vanilli press conference from MTV. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, this artist's name is Dominique. And she was one of the people that liked our post. So the, what this, this segment is, is our, um, uh, our Instagram musician of the week. Okay. Uh, We're going to listen <laughs> to one of, if, if you are an artist, indie artist, you know, you just got a SoundCloud with mm-hmm. a couple of songs on it. We're going to listen to one of them that we are listening to it for the first time on air, <laughs> the very first time on air. And then we're going to go with what, um, did we like it or not? Or, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> what, what, what is this? Or what you should keep your day job. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is Dominique, um, trying to find out what we can see for Dominique. Uh, she is a triple threat producer, songwriter, and vocalist. I feel like you gotta be nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from, she's from New York. Okay. And she has a self-titled EP and a shout out to the line of best fit. Uh, that is the link that was in her Instagram bio that led us to this. <laughs> so we're going to pick, we're going to pick one song. She's got a five song EP. So just okay. pick a title, Ben. Uh, we have, these are the titles of the songs. Uh, Bottled Up, Good Girl, Love You Better, If I Could Go Back, I Think I'm Falling. Hmm. What was the first one again? The first one is called Bottled Up. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Bottled Up. Let's let's play that one. All right. So this is Bottled Up by Dominique. We're hearing this for the very first time because she liked one of our Instagram posts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is how we, this you. is how we repay you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody gets one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this is Bottled Up, and let's see how it sounds. Subject, 
myself admit the truth Coming clear is just a prospect And I never pull through You have turned me into a hermit crab I'm so promising beginning um and then it just went i don't know like she's i'd have to hear more of her work to really see if if it's a trend but um very talented producer um and you know a more than competent songwriter but just that song lacked focus like that um like it didn't and i mean i don't know what kind of sound she's going for i imagine she's probably trying to go for what's popular on the radio um and that song just like when it got to what I assume was the chorus <laughs> or the hook or refrain or whatever, like it kind of went in a, a totally different direction. And I know I felt like I, I felt like, you know, I felt what she was trying to do. What she was trying to do almost reminded me of um, the way that the chorus to the Ariana Grande song problem kind of mm-hmm. comes in, has a you know, kind of a different feel. Um, the um, the song by Tori Kelly ain't nobody love like it kind of had that feel like i felt like that's what she was trying to build up to and do and it just it didn't do it per se you know yeah i um i kind of get the same feeling to where yeah. to where okay it sounds one way and then the chorus sounds a different way yeah uh like it's a different genre altogether that is very uh, I think it's difficult to pull off. Yeah. If you're not, um, you, you can't really cut corners with it Mm-mm. because, you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to have a pop with, you know, with, you know, keyboards, synthesizers, like minimal on the real instruments and then come in with a rock sound to where <laughs> yeah. you have, you need the real instruments, you know, People can tell whether it sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, you used a computer or not <laughs> for yeah. those sounds. And that's what it kind of came off at. I, we don't want to be too harsh. No, no. We don't want to be too harsh. I mean, you're an indie artist and, you mm-hmm. know, you, you finally got, you know, your music out there. Um, you know, I, I know I'm no music critic. I'm just going by like what I just heard. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe you get picked up and I would, I would redo this song, you know, to, to clean it up. Yeah. Because, I mean, I imagine yeah. so they'd probably get her in there with, a, um, with a producer and maybe like some, some more songwriters to kind of trim it up a bit. Like well, to really, I, I, I w- <clears throat> probably don't want more songwriters. That'll be messing with her money. <laughs> well, I mean, they'd but, probably, but I mean, to... like the producer would be like a, like in her style of music, the producer would almost be like a second, uh, a second set of ears yeah. to help her, um, just to, to tighten it up, basically to be like, all right, yeah, you don't need this, take this part out, or you don't need this, take this part out, and really help her refine. Because I'm sure she's, I mean, 
she seems like a, a, a talented writer. She can write. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, with pop production, you kind of have to be a little, you have to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. I don't think people can, give pop producers enough credit. You can go too far out from the box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, you're trying to do something different, but it can be a turnoff. Yeah. Much. Cause you're dealing when you're producing pop, you're for one, you're trying to stay current. And, yeah. and like, you know, sound like whatever's out there. So you have to constantly either be evolving or even ahead of the curve, which I think Max Martin did a really good job of being ahead of the curve. And then you're mixing <clears throat> all these different styles of music. Like people like, yes, pop music is a genre, but it's a genre that draws on from a lot of different styles, styles that are popular at the time. So like if it's popular at the time, pop music's going to utilize it. And I don't think people realize like it can be very difficult to do that. So... Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah. Uh uh if you guys want to check out Dominique, this is that's from her SoundCloud, uh Dominique D O M I. Uh D O M I N I Q U E. Yeah. Okay. So um she's on SoundCloud and uh you can check out her EP which was released last week. Oh, okay. So, mostly new stuff. All right. So, uh, as I said, if you if you are a musician, indie musician, or otherwise, and you like one of our posts, we may play your song and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be honest. Yeah. And it's just from, uh, you know, kind of what we what we heard, and you know, yeah. we. I'm I'm no critic. I don't get paid for it or anything <laughs> like that. I don't work for Rolling Stone. Even though they don't seem to like anything, no. Unless Mm-mm. you're, no, no, they don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, our um, topic for this show is a pop music tragedy. That is that is very apt. <clears throat> I that is so good. <laughs> it's a, it's a definitely a pop music tragedy. Um, you know, of course, we're talking about Millie Vanilli, uh, pop, R&B, New Jack Swing, uh, pop rap duo. Uh, well, that's how it was supposed to look. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to look like that. Uh, they they had the, the look and the group was founded by Frank Farian in 1988. Two members, Fab Morvan, Rob Pilatus, um, Frank Farian. I think to to look at the story of Millie Vanilli, it started with him. Yeah. This was his idea. Mm-hmm. So you have to go back to, you know, um, <coughs> you have to go back and look at his history leading up to this. So he's a producer from Germany and he's best known as the, uh, he was the voice of you know, now that I think about it, he's done this before, technically. Really? <laughs> if people know the story of Millie Vanilli, we'll get into it, but yeah. he's done this before. So just to, before we get to a, an overview of Millie Vanilli, just to um, kind of look at Frank Farian, the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the voice, you remember Boney M? I know they're from the 70s, but have you heard of the name? I'm Boney not familiar M? with it. What did they do? What's one of their songs? Uh, let's find something by Boney M. They're like a, would they are, would they be considered post disco? 
disco disco group. <laughs> They'll be considered disco. So Boney M. Um, let's see. They have a song called Daddy Cool. We'll play that one first. They have a Christmas song in here, but that's uh, yeah. We won't play that one. Not 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 right now, at least. <laughs> this is Daddy Cool by Boney M. She's crazy like a fool. What about Daddy Cool? I don't think I've heard this. There's another song I was trying to find by them. It's kind of their first... Their first... Uh... This is kind of catchy, though. This kind of sounds disco-esque. I mean, it is with the, with the it strings is. and it is disco. Are they out of, you said they're out of Germany. Yeah. Okay. This is the song that like one of their first hits. It's called "Baby, Do You Want a Bump." Want a bump. They're kind of. I think the idea was to they're gonna make these disco songs that are kind of nonsensical a little yeah. bit, and then have a certain image, like. Uh, he's the voice. Frank Farring is the voice of Boney M. But when they performed on shows or whatever, there was this guy I'm trying to see what what his name is. Bobby Farrell. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby Farrell. No, not okay. Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, okay. So what am I thinking of? Oh, yeah. Bobby Farrell was the face of Boney M. Like he would he would lip sync and all that, but it mm-hmm. wasn't him singing. So basically, with the, he had the success of Boney M, in a way, yeah, and they had these vocalists, I guess, but they were, um, they had a lot of different vocals. But maybe they, maybe the the people you saw, maybe they were backup singers, yeah. maybe they weren't. But you just never knew. Yeah, that and was, he did that. I, okay, so I'm reading here. Yeah, he just did it in a voice, in a deep voice. Yeah. That that it's his it's his voice on there, but because you know, uh, this is kind of the beginning. I mean, could you? Well, we'll get into it. Like, could you blame something like MTV to where you got to have a certain image yeah. to to be successful in music? But you know, that was kind of the beginning of of how <laughs> Millie Vanilli was actually formed. So yeah, and now so now and you know talking about that you can see how he was like, eh, did it before. <laughs> 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 you know, basically this is par for the par of the course for him, you know. Yeah. Um so uh well, Ben, do you want to do like a, an overview of, of Millie Vanilli or yeah. do you want to go into it? Well, we can both do it. So I mean like, you know, they were <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Robin Fab, of course, <laughs> and it's funny because like they went on to actually be Robin Fab later. Um, um, R and B duo, well R and B New Jack Swing kind of rap or whatever. I mean, there's some rapping in there. Duo from Germany, um, basically were given in advance by Frank Farian, um, 
they said they mostly just kind of what spent it on like clothing stuff like that and then he came back to them um sometime later and and told them that they had to perform um they, they had to lip sync this music and you know they i think they said they felt like they were trapped or something like that but um yeah so uh where else could we go with that um well they're they're from these were two guys from uh they were from Germany. Yeah, they were trying to make it as musicians, as well, singers, singers or dancers. Um, they were just trying to make it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, reading about uh, Fabrice Morvan, Fab. That's a, that's what it's. I I never knew what the names were um short for. Yeah, Fab is short for Fabrice. That's tragic. Um. Okay. That's okay though for Breeze. Because I'm, I'm thinking of for Breeze, but never mind. So, um, um, yeah, uh, Frank Farian discovered them in, uh, in Munich. Yeah. And they were, they were, you know, they were friends and they would go out to nightclubs and that's where they got discovered. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Frank Farian got, had a name for them. The song, like their first, the one of their big songs, "Girl, You Know It's True," was already recorded, but he needed a, he Frank Ferry needed a face, face, yeah. And the the people who did record it were not candidates to be the face, no, because they were old. They were older gentlemen, if I remember correctly, right? Okay. And they were brought into, um, because they lacked the marketable image. He brings these guys in to be the face, mm-hmm. and they uh, they made this album, and the, the rest, rest is, is history. history yeah, you know. <laughs> so what we wanted to look into was kind of get into, um, kind of get into what what happened, and. Yeah, really like what Cuz I mean happened? they were big. <laughs> yeah. They were you know they're they're the two main singles everyone knows is Girl You Know It's True and Blame It on the Rain. Yeah. Um, uh uh Girl You Know It's True was like their first single. Um Blame It on the Rain, Baby Don't Forget My Number mm. and Girl I'm Gonna Miss You were all Girl, number one. <laughs> they those were all number one yeah. songs. Um Actually, a, a co-writer is, is this who I think it is? <laughs> Kevin Lyles, who um, may ha- you may remember from, it was either from the show I Want to Work for Diddy or Making the Band. I knew, okay, I knew I recognized that name. <laughs> okay. He was a co-writer <clears throat> of that song. Yeah. I knew, I re- okay. <laughs> uh, and Blame It on the Rain was written by Diane Warren. She didn't know. She was a, <laughs> she wasn't a part of this. She wasn't a part. She of this. handed in the lyrics and the and the sheet music. That was or if it. she was. She was like, <laughs> I want no part of this. Uh, so the song, well, the album, the album sold seven million copies, mm-hmm. and it is the largest selling album to be out of print. And well, they're, we, I mean, I imagine they're embarrassed, you know, <laughs> um, it was released on Arista. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Clive Davis was, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> if he had a working relationship with Frank Ferry and then just trusted him to, um, you know, to do right. 
by him. But I mean, this was in the '80s, so this was back when, when I imagine um, Clive Davis was actually pretty involved with the goings on. So, yeah, um, he was. He made some decisions as far as the U.S. release because yeah. it, was, it was released first in Europe mm-hmm. uh, at, under the title "All or Nothing," and then when I guess Arista picked up have an opportunity to release it, they rearranged the track order and um, Clive Davis uh, well that was his decision to rearrange the track order but I don't think that's a big deal as far as track order goes but um, yeah Uh, so I think Girl You Know It's True is the song that everybody knows at the top of their head but that was it wasn't a number one song but that's the song that everyone knows I think it became such a big deal because okay you have these two guys they're dancers and rappers mm-hmm. kind of at the end of the time where it was okay for rappers to be dancing. <laughs> yeah. They're only like a handful of dancing rappers that they're ever were like, okay, you got hammer, yeah. uh, vanilla ice. Uh, That's all I can think of. Dick, big daddy, big daddy Kane yeah. made it cool a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and heavy D. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> I don't was like the Kumo D dance, but Kumo D did not dance. No. Yeah. Not not to where he had backup dancers. No. I'm talking about rappers that have backup dancers. So that's Heavy D, yeah. Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Um, the boys were Hammer. his. Heavy D and the boys. The boys were his backup dancers, right? Yeah. Uh, and but the they singers? were also, I think they were, yeah, they were like backup singers. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, like, got down. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> he made, like, I watched the Unsung and he actually wasn't a very good dancer, but he mm-hmm. just worked hard at it. <laughs> so it looked cool. <laughs> it, it, I always, it, 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 it looked good. But he had to work hard to to make it look good, um, and uh, there was Hammer and the only other person I could think of was like um, Father MC. Oh man, who introduced us to Jodeci and Mary J. Blige? Father MC. <laughs> but they were the Millie Vanilli were the the the, the pop rappiest yeah dancers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and because of like merging those two, you know, and having a the with new the new Jack Swing sound being popular, yeah, they just blew up, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, well, I mean, it was yeah. the, the songs were good, and they were two good looking guys, which is like kind of what um, I mean. If you think about it, almost kind of like the underlying theme here. Um, you just needed a, a catchy song and two good looking people to sell it. Um, yeah. And that's what they had. I mean, like looking at them, well, I guess what they said on Boondocks, pause. They're not bad looking dudes. Pause. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. You know it's true. I'm not going to lie. I was jamming out to this at work. Because <laughs> um, it's a catchy song, you know? And it makes me think of when I was younger. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's catchy. Um, and it was kind of a new sound at yeah. the time. Of it was 88, you said, who said it was released? Uh, Recorded in 88, released in 89, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and which is funny to me that yeah. they couldn't do this, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, it's 
I mean, the '80s were the we talked about the '80s were the decade of decadence and image, yeah. and I mean, it was the decade that saw Chris Cross, uh, Christopher Cross, an incredibly talented writer, um, go from being a superstar, you know, sweeping the Grammys and winning all these awards and having a, a huge album, to basically and it's being completely nothing, completely falling off the map. Yeah, he still made music; no one was buying it. Though. No one cared though Why? because he was because they saw what he looked like. <laughs> He's not skinny and pretty, like so that you know. And, and, you know, the, the guys that I, th- I remember the VH1 behind the music episode, like there were older dudes that were recording their vocals. Like it was, yeah. can't put them on TV, you know? <laughs> they had jerry curls and big yeah. sunglasses. Yeah, but, huge sunglasses. And they, were, and they were little, they were a little older, you know, I, I don't know what the, all right, look, put like this, they were, they might've been younger than what Jay-Z is now, but they're <laughs> probably considered too old to be rapping. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like you look at it, and it, it makes you kind of think, like you know, can you really trust the music industry <laughs> if they're willing to do that? Because, I mean, like, well, I think like it it would. Sometimes I wonder, like, if it could be done now, mm-hmm. rather than, uh, like, could this same thing happen again? Yeah, I in some ways I feel like it could. Oh, definitely, I think it could. In some ways, I think it couldn't. But only only because like okay we think it could because the way that uh, vocals can be manipulated to yeah. sound better because of technology, mm-hmm. um, because of you know that there was the infamous incident where the, the tape skipped during the live show. Yeah, we have CDs now, or we have you know digital tracks that would mm-hmm. that could cover that up. We wouldn't yeah. have anything skipping. We're not playing it on a cassette anymore. Mm-hmm. The way that I think it couldn't happen is if, uh, you know, okay, there was an incident like uh, it'll, it'll bring sports into this, to this a little bit with Cam Newton being suspended for the first series that a couple of weeks ago yeah. or last week. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, so people say it was over necktie, but it might have been over him being at a, him and his, some teammates being at a strip club mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have been or something. And no one would have known that he and some teammates were at a strip club, but someone posted it on Snapchat. Someone just like, you know, creeping. Yeah. I think because of something like that, someone would have caught um, Rob and or Fab, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to rap the the (laughs) lyrics just for fun and it's like that doesn't sound like the mm-hmm. doesn't sound like the song or if they made some appearance <laughs> they would have recognized their act well i think everyone knew they had an accent but they actually didn't do a lot of interviews because okay. yeah someone okay, would have yeah, put yeah. that together yeah but there probably would have been more interviews more cameras in their face more social media yeah greater access to the artists nowadays yeah and someone may have then someone would put it together mm-hmm. so that's why i feel in some ways it might not have worked, but yeah. I don't think it would have. It wouldn't have stopped anybody from trying to repeat something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard rumors. Now that I think about this, I hadn't even thought about this. I heard um, a friend of mine. Um, he knew someone in the music industry who said there are certain bands that don't play their instruments, like they don't record their instruments. They might play them live, but they won't. They won't record it. So I mean, like, to a degree, I well, mean, I wonder if that's happening. Um, in some cases. Like Dave Grohl mm-hmm. with the first food, the first two well, yeah, Foo Fighters albums, <laughs> <Tell him. laughs> he played everything. Yeah, but I think everyone knew that. Yeah, 
I think I think the rest of the band plays now <laughs> on the, the subsequent so. recordings. I've heard that he still writes all the drum parts, though. But I think Taylor Hawkins that, okay with that's, that. Well, that's what that's what Grohl is probably at heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's he's a, he's drummer, a drummer. So, um, and I think uh, like with Lenny Kravitz, he has a backing band, but mm-hmm. on all his albums, I believe he plays all the parts. Yeah. So. But these are Some like people can get away with that. Like I was told, he was saying, like you know, with like a band like a Newfound Glory, like you know, of course we assume they play on the record, and it was like they just hire studio musicians to come in and play it in the studio, and then they go out and play it live, and that's why you never get the same. Which actually, uh, Newfound Glory actually sounds pretty good live. But listen, that's why a lot of these bands don't sound very good live because they're not actually recording it. They can't really play. I think he said Fallout Boy at one point, which I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't even think Pete Lynch can play bass. <laughs> I don't think someone he can. Else, what, you, so you think someone else at least played bass? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's playing these intricate bass parts anyway, but like, I mean, from the way he holds it, from the way, yeah, I just didn't look like he's playing bass. So, yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see someone try to pull this off today. Um with as, as much, like you mentioned, as much access as we have to celebrities now with social media, with, um, and then with as intrusive, even more intrusive as the media has, has become. I don't think an artist this big that, you know, sells 7 million records has multiple number one albums. I mean, hit songs. They couldn't get away with not doing interviews. Like there'd just be this insatiable, like they'd be stalked day and night by the, by the media who are you? We got to know who you are. Like, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. Um, or yeah, I could see it being done with, um, but I don't know, with producers. So like you have like, you know, the chain smokers and you have, um, the chain smokers. I can't think of others right now, but uh, disclosure, disclosure, or even like a Kelvin Harris. Yeah. I could see it happening with somebody like, they're like, all right, you're a good looking person. The person who's the producer, not so much. He's really talented, but he's not good looking. You're going to be the face. And you're going to pretend like, you know, you're going to basically, because I mean, honestly, when you perform, what, you just hit a button? I watched a video (laughs) of, I mean, and that's not, that's no offense to producers and DJs. That's not no offense, but I did see a video of the Chainsmokers performing with Halsey, um, performing closer. And I mean, for all I know, like they, the, that could, they could have been just the face. Like they, they didn't do anything special. Like one of them got from behind the laptop and grabbed a mic and started kind of singing and you know, like maybe they had nothing to do with the track. So I don't know. Okay, Well, I, you can't really say that about disclosure. Cause when they play live, yes, yeah, someone is, uh, one guy is DJing or mm-hmm. he, he has the, his, his sense, mm-hmm. his computer <laughs> and the other guy is playing, even though it's, uh, he's playing drums. It's yeah. not like, like, real drums but it's a, it's a drum machine yeah. that he has, you know has the pads and everything mm-hmm. so he's playing that live yeah so there are still like there are live elements there so yeah. they can uh kind of put that to rest yeah <laughs> really disclosure i mean don't like i think a better example probably better than uh than chain smokers and i think i've mentioned this on the podcast is david getta yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if uh, DJ Scott Milker posted this video or someone else did. But when David Guetta performed, I think it was for the um, 
not the World Cup, but it was like the Euro Cup or mm-hmm. something like that as far as um, the soccer tournament. And he was like the opening for the opening ceremonies or whatever. Yeah. He was playing a song and he was turning some knobs mm-hmm. while the song was playing. <laughs> someone with the someone was doing the commentary for it. It's like, watch me press this oh button. Oh god. <laughs> and I'm gonna take off my headphones. Oh god. All right, I'm gonna put them back on. I'm gonna do something now. Here comes the drop, you know. <laughs> so. I could totally see that happening. Like, just get like I mean, honestly, like with as popular as like these DJs are nowadays, like just find two good looking people. And then find someone who's really talented, might not be as good looking, you know, make me some really killer tracks and the two good looking people are going to be the face of it. They're going to be the, um, not the chain smokers, but they're going to be like, you know, the, the drinkers, the Jack drinkers, <laughs> the whiskey drinkers or something. The, the mm, I was going to say something. There was a band called the Vapors, so probably oh. just the vapes. The whiskey heads. I don't know. And like, just, <laughs> they go out there and they, they sing with, you know, with Ellie Goulding. That's who they'll do a song with. Ellie Goulding. And yeah. Yeah. It, I think it, it would probably be harder <laughs> to pull off in pop music. Cause I think those, the, they have to be the most accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be with based on social media presence and, and all that. Uh, because, because it's pop that makes it popular. So, uh, people are going to be paying a close attention to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in a way it does happen in hip hop. Someone's always being ghost accused writing. of having a ghostwriter. Yeah, always. And then we find out who the ghostwriter is, but they're never on any major networks or publications. They end up Mm-mm. being on like Vlad TV. Yeah, or Bossip. <laughs> oh, Bossip. I don't like that site. So you know that's a, you know when if someone who claims to be Drake's ghostwriter tries to expose him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw I saw Drake get his chain snatched or, or something like that, but then it'll be labeled as you know Drake Ghostwriter uh, saw Drake get robbed. If it's yeah. a, it was, you know something like that, um, I'm just mentioning Drake because someone has accused him. Accused him of Did Meek a Mill do it? <laughs> Meek Mill, yeah, and he destroyed him. <laughs> But were those Drake's own words, or did he have ghostwriters? He claims they're freestyles. That so. is, and that is some hip hop inception right there. If if he's accused of having a ghostwriter and then use a ghostwriter, ghost he turns to his ghostwriter like, "Can you believe this? Give me something to get this man with." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, someone's always claiming that some rapper has a ghostwriter, and there are rappers to where you look at them, they're like this is all about image. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that they have to be particularly good looking, but they have to look like they have some kind of, they have to have some, have some charisma, mm-hmm. have some kind of personality. Shit, what if Drake is the new Millie Vanilli? Like what if he, <laughs> we've been fooled? Yeah. I mean, but, but, but not even with someone like Drake, it could be someone like Lil Yachty. Ugh. Someone like found him and saw he had red braids. Oh, God, and he could keep a beat. Basically, can he rap? I don't know, but you know, we might see if he can, and then and then we'll fix it. They couldn't get a better <laughs> ghostwriter for like a better. It doesn't. Mumble rap is so popular; it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hashtag Twenty One Savage. Like that's <laughs> that. Have you have you listened to Twenty One Savage? No, don't. He's talking like what we're doing right now is what his rap sound like. The only thing I've seen is uh, 
I think it was I think it was Vlad TV interviewing him. It's like uh, the cross on your face. What does that symbolize? It's a knife. It's a job First stopper. That's a, <laughs> thank God he can rap, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, before we go too far off, but yeah. um, one thing that we also talked about was just in addition to talking about the way that this really represents how the eighties was about image. And I mean, like granted music is really about image now. Like it was, this was when the whole image thing really, really kind of started in the eighties was 84 when MTV 81, 81, my bad. I'm thinking of something else. 81. Um, the music industry was never the same. Like you had to look good to sell records after that. It had to have an image. Not even just with, MTV, but just with the making of music videos starting mm-hmm. in the late seventies, yeah. To uh, that's a way that we can market, we can market ourselves. This was the artists doing it themselves. Like yeah. we can market ourselves by making these short films, and mm-hmm. maybe they'll get played somewhere. I mean, they're eventually MTV became the the channel to where the outlet all of these are played. But in other cases, it was played on TV. In some cases, or um, I think. I was watching, and I think I was telling you about when I was watching these, uh, BBC had a documentary about Top of the Pops. They've been yeah. like the story of this year, what happened this year. Mm-hmm. And in one of the years, they were talking about how Top of the Pops started playing music videos. They were, you know, for people who are not familiar with Top of the Pops, it's like American Bandstand, yeah. Soul Train, but in the UK. And what they started doing was, um, if they're not having the musical performances in which most, if not, all the people <laughs> lip synced. Yeah. They lip synced, but that was because, you know, we're not trying to It's have, a production. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 not, just to, it's not art, it's just a production. Seen. Yeah. We like your song. We know you did it. Okay. <laughs> but you know, we don't we don't have all these we don't have all these uh, outlets for all these cables and mm-hmm. for all these keyboards that instruments are all playing. But instead of having the live performance, oh yeah, it's Soul Train American Manson did that too. So, yeah. Uh mm-hmm. but um if they couldn't get the performer to play on the set yeah, for the show, the they would show their video. Okay. And then that would, since they had like a chart, like a top 20 or something like that, they would try to play as many of the top 20s as they could mm. of that top 20. But if they had a chance to show a video, they would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then that became how bands um, the, the synth pop bands during that time, like somebody like Human League or Depeche Mode mm-hmm. or Duran Duran, that's like, let's make a music video to get shown on top of the pops and then they'll invite us to perform on the show, you know, something like that. So the image became more important um, and, uh, and that's how they were being marketed not just with being on TV and maybe they get a magazine cover. Yeah. We have these different ways of marketing ourselves to where you may like us visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like us visually only great, but if you like our music too, that's even, even better. better. Yeah. And um, with the, with MTV coming on, you know, the, you you got to look good. You got to have an mm-hmm. image for this to work. Yeah. Um. You know, like we said, like y'all look up Christopher Cross. Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> not the best looking dude, but his music's really look, good. Look him, look him up when his music was popular. Yeah. Okay, and see what he looked like. He looked like 
looked like, like a bad dude. high school like yearbook picture. Like he just <laughs> he looked like uh, he was a high school football coach that taught history. <laughs> Wearing an Earl Campbell jersey. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> uh, you know, like his music may have been good, but that's because you know the music was being played on the radio. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking about music videos then, but then we're trying to come out with that next album, doing it the same way. He had some more good songs on it, some more popular songs on it, mm-hmm. but then he had to make music videos to keep this going. And it's like we don't want to look at you, <laughs> you know. And you could, you could, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but we may have talked about it sometime to where there were bands who were popular in the seventies. They're still making music in the Mm eighties, but they were just being played on the radio in the seventies. And now they got to make music videos. So now you got, uh, 38 special. Yeah. Listen, 38 special, like (laughs) hold on loosely. And I can remember that song they came out with in the eighties, but it was, was it a second chance? Yes. Yes. And listen to those two. One, they sound very, very different. different. Very different. And then what they may have looked like in the video. I haven't even seen the video, but I have a feeling I, I didn't know, know there was a video. What they were made to look like. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably play off the stereotype of the of the Southern rock band, I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's I didn't know there was a video for that song, but yeah, that was very different. Or you could look at um, Heart. Yep. Heart's, oh God, Heart's sound changed huge. And the their 80s. look too. And yeah. then um, the lead singer. Ann Wilson is the lead singer. Ann or Nancy, I can't remember. Um, I think Ann because Nancy played guitar, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The the lead singer, she she gained some weight and that mm-hmm. became an issue. Yeah. Um, you could also look at like uh there was another band I was thinking about, because um, they were on that show Bands Reunited. Romeo Void. I don't think I know them. Um uh, they were like they kinda I think they kinda had like an REM feel, but they're in California. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but the lead singer is a heavy set woman. Oh. And while their music was, it sounded really unique. You know, mm-hmm. it was punk and with spoken word and they had a saxophone. It was kind of like ska and punk. Okay. Um, put together. They had their own sound, which was good. But the, everyone was so concerned about how the lead singer looks yeah. that they what? tried to get her fired or they tried, you know, they tried to replace her and then they eventually broke up. Well, it can be even worse for women. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, let's be real. Smash Mouth. Greg Camp's a big dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, well, I guess, I don't know. Maybe we've become more accepting. But, like, yeah. Like, I can only imagine back there. And they're like, mm-mm, lady. He gave, no. he gave Guy Fieri his look. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> the the douchebag bowling shirt. <laughs> With the spiky blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, like, if you really think about it, when, with Millie Vanilli, um, you play off of the fact that, you know, you're recognizing, of course, you no know, Frank Frank, he'd done this before. Um, and then just recognizing. And because in the 70s, yeah, he had done it before. No one was really looking for it. Mm-mm. So there's no one really cares. No one no. would care now that he that he did it then. Yeah. Um, Millie Vanilli was like that perfect, like two really good looking dudes, like almost no work had to. I mean, like maybe. Uh, they could dance already, so you didn't really have to teach them how to dance or anything. But it's, it's just like, it was almost like the perfect storm. Like the perfect, like, you know, um, you want, it, it was the it was the era where you wanted, like, the best looking people. And it's like, you know, yeah, people acted outraged, but were they really? I mean, like. Well, the thing is, I think with that, as far as the outrage goes, like, okay. 
for people who didn't like Millie Vanilli mm-hmm. because of their music. Like, okay, your music sucks. <laughs> uh, your bars are whack. Yeah. <laughs> um, these dance moves look stupid. Mm-hmm. People were still buying it. Exactly. You know, like it was kind of like, okay, yeah, you suck and you know, whatever. But at least it's you doing it. Yeah. You know, so there was still that I think there was still that at least that respect at that point to mm-hmm. where Yeah, they're making this music and it's stupid, but you don't you don't think it's not actually their voices. Yeah. You think you know, no that never really crosses anybody's mind. I think that's where the outrage comes in. Like, it's not even you. Like, you, <laughs> it's not even you doing it. It's somebody else's voices. Like, y'all are just a face out here. Yeah. That's what we, I think that would get people even more upset. If you don't like them because you think their music sucks, that's one thing. But if there are, if it's not even them, yeah. <laughs> if you're just an image put out there. And I'd almost, yeah. you know, talk to the American public and be like, well, you, you kind of did this. Like for every artist that you didn't support because of their image. Um, and some people would be like, well, it's the record companies. Well, the record companies are only reacting to what you do. You know, when we put the guy on there who didn't look all that attractive, you didn't buy their records. So when they put their, they, they put money behind the artist making this grand music video yeah. to where the artist is going to look their absolute best. You bought that record. You bought that. You bought the hell out of that record. (laughs) Because of that video that you saw. Yeah. Not necessarily because you liked the song. mm -hmm. Like the song might have less artistic merit than the other one that you like. You know, so they're going to look at, you know, they're, they're just, all they're doing is looking at your trends. They're businessmen, they're business people, and they're only going to make, they're going to make business decisions. If we're going to get these five good looking boys from Boston. Exactly. We're going to make dolls. We're going to make t-shirts uh-huh. and posters and lunchboxes and cartoons. Exactly. They got to be <laughs> good looking. Like how they look. Can't be, it can't be just like, you know, five dudes from the backwoods of Mississippi. Well, I, I guess maybe it could be. It could be a country band. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it just can't be like, you know, five average looking guys. You know, it, right. it's got to be, you know, if we're going to put them on TV and make all this money that we want to make. And so, like, you speak with your wallet, so to speak, you know. And um, America spoke with their wallets for Millie Vanilli to the tune of seven million records and and number one hit songs. Yeah. Um, so to get back to like with their with their story in particular, yeah. um, the story of that Beth McCarthy Miller, who's an executive with MTV, mm-hmm. and like I said, like they didn't do a whole lot of interviews because of their accents. Yeah. Which were very thick. Yeah. Thick German accents, and. When they did their first interview, there were some doubts then mm-hmm. whether they'd actually sung on the records. Uh, and then there was the incident at the, it was an MTV live concert mm-hmm. to where the tape skipped. And they, I think they almost got away with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean at least it was, if, said no if, one cared. You know? Yeah. If, if, at least it was like, girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's rather than it skipped at the perfect point you know um and uh uh rob pilatus run ran off stage and downtown julie brown stated that fans attending the concert didn't even notice or didn't even care that anything weird had happened yeah um and then you know um Rob Pilatus said, uh, called himself the new Elvis. 
What was that, man? See, this was also a time to where you didn't you you didn't really okay, if you were making music, fine. But don't compare yourselves yeah. to certain people. There's don't a, do the Terrence Trent Darby. There's a class of people. There's a group of people you don't compare yourselves to. You don't compare yourselves to uh, Elvis. Mm-mm. You don't compare yourself to the Beatles. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't say your your album is going to be better than anything made by the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Bob Dylan. No matter how good you feel it is, yeah. don't you, say if it. If you think it's good, you can say, oh, I think this is this is the best album I've made. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be better than Sgt. Pepper's. Whoa. Like, uh, say what? Hold, uh, excuse me, <laughs> sir. Ma'am. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do I think that's still a rule now. You still don't do that. No. <laughs> you know, you can say your album's going to be better than the last one you made. <laughs> but you do not say that your album is better than any of those. Why? I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's really on Sgt. Pepper's that makes it so great. But Some would say you're just Sergeant not supposed Pe- to compare anything to Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, that could be an episode one day. I might get a lot of hate mail. Just how I feel that the Beatles were. And I've kind of come around. I still think they're the most overrated band musicianship-wise. Like, I think they're very overrated. I only kind of think they're a little overrated now as writers. But that's that's neither here nor there. So keep that in mind, everyone. Ben uh, thinks the Beatles are overrated Mm -hmm. in a lot of aspects. And he has uh, total disdain for Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. So um he's not limited in his hate. Anyway. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. <laughs> <laughs> um what was interesting is that uh after that happened, I remember with the uh watch behind the music, I was trying to find it online. Mm-hmm. Could not find of the full episode of behind I'm surprised the I haven't put those on like Blu ray or something. Each one know. get on this. <laughs> But uh, I think like at the point after the the live concert incident, mm-hmm. no one no one really said anything, and they felt that things were kind of come crashing down, and then they were nominated for best new artist, mm-hmm. and then I think one of them was like, okay, as long as we don't win the Grammy, yeah. as long as you don't win the Grammy, and then they gave us the damn Grammy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think they they knew it was, it was falling apart mm-hmm. and you know, the next album is being recorded and they really wanted to sing on the second album. And they just, they pushed for it. They pushed really hard for it yeah. to the point where Frank Farron is like, you know what? I'm just going to blow this whole thing open. Yeah. So he was the one that actually exposed uh, the truth about what had happened. Yeah. Um. So he confirmed to the press about it, and what I was reading, um, also is that beforehand someone tried to expose it. It was one of the guys from the real Millie Vanilli. He said that the guys didn't sing on that album, and he he spoke to a New York reporter, mm-hmm. and it was, and then he had to backtrack on it saying that he was just trying to get some press for his own album. I don't even know who this guy <laughs> is, but he was trying to get press for his own album. So that caught that calmed that part down. Yeah. But just because they, they push to be legit. Uh, well, the it puppet can't talk. everything. <laughs> yeah. 
puppet That's the name of the episode. The yeah, puppet can't, can't talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what was interesting is that, you know, even though this was a huge scandal and they're the first and only artist to have their Grammy award revoked. Um, what was interesting is that, you know, uh, I posted the clip on Instagram about the, I think it's the president of the voting or president or something with the Grammys or mm-hmm. with the national Academy. He said that, yeah, the people who, who vote this award, maybe they'll go back and they'll give it to the second runner up mm-hmm. or they'll give it to no one. Uh, the other nominees in that category didn't want it. They didn't want the award. Mm. Uh, you know, um, and the Grammys tried to uh, back up their reasons for giving them the award is because of their visual impact. Hmm. How ironic is that? Yeah. <laughs> the visual impact of Millie Vanilli mm. rather than, you know, the musical, the musical part, which yeah. is what it's an award for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so they should have just let him keep it. Yeah. I mean, well, Millie Vanilli, they, 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 they tried to give it back. Yeah. They technically, they gave it back, but I think if they haven't, if they didn't try to give it back, the Grammys probably would have let them keep it. <laughs> if no one's going to take it, they kept their American Music Awards. So, you know, they didn't even try to take those back. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and what's weird is that as big as a scandal as it was, it wasn't the last time something like this happened. No. And we, yeah, it's just like we were talking about what the, uh, you said the group Black Box. The group Black Box and CNC Music Factory mm-hmm. using Martha Wash's voice to, um, for their songs. For, um, I'll play uh, Black Box real quick yeah. just to give everybody an idea. This is Martha Wash's voice. Martha Wash from, um, the Weather Girls, mm-hmm. It's Raining Men, uh, the light skin one. If anyone wants to get more specific, the light skin. <laughs> she was the light skin one of the group. Um, but she uh, she sang this song. Well, we'll get to it. But um, I think they just stole a cameo sample right there. That's yeah. Blackman right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but they um, they used her voice. And when they made the videos, they have this this model. Yeah, I forget her name. Um, it was Katrina. Katrina yeah, something. Mm-hmm, that's correct. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's that's her there. Uh, but Katrina Katrine Canal, the French model, lip syncing mm-hmm. the lyrics, and it was as if she was the lead singer because yeah. she was in all the videos and all that. Yeah. And so Martha Wash had to sue to get credit to get vocal credit for those songs mm-hmm. and then she sang um we're gonna make you sweat gonna make you sweat <laughs> cnc music factory she sang on that one too but she also had to she didn't get credit for that and there's another song by a group called seduction i think they're one of those freestyle groups latin freestyle groups but she sang on that one and got uh did not get credit for lead vocals on that so she had to sue to get credit for her voice I mean that's that sounds insane yeah so it's it's funny that you <clears throat> like what do they expect her to do if she sees somebody else pretending to be her yeah you know yeah what were you gonna say 
um, <clears throat> it made me think about now when we talked about the music video to um, this song and how they used the model. Um, have you ever seen the video to run around by blues traveler? Yes. That's a parody of that sort of thing. Like yeah. he, I just thought about that. Like, <laughs> I wonder if they ever experimented with that. That's I just I was thinking about that though. Like that's very interesting. Um, that they would just put a model in there, think they could pass off the model with a voice like that. And like, let's be honest. Like, would you expect the voice like that to come out of her? I just. <laughs> and doing it with Katrina Cadal, and I'm seeing the other name Zelma Davis for CNC Music Factory. Mm-hmm. Like, real? You think she really sounds like that? <laughs> And that's like, the really? that's the funny thing, yeah. There was another black box song where they used Katrine Canal. Um, she, they had a song called "Right on Time," mm-hmm. and the song itself is like it the the vocal is kind of a like a stutter. Yeah. Like it's not. I'll I'll play that song. We're playing more <laughs> black box than Millie Vanilli, but you you there's a reason for all this, okay? Okay, it's gonna come in in a second. I saw a uh, Loletta or Lolita Holloway. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's going to come up in a second. But there's so, like I saw a video of like the song being performed live. Mm-hmm. But it was just the track itself. But this model pretending to be the lead singer, mm-hmm. she's actually like singing the, that particular vocal part and like we know that's not <laughs> studio made <laughs> no it's stu- we know that part is studio but like it's physically impossible <laughs> to do that like wh- why yeah why um it will come up eventually this part <laughs> oh god She's lip lip syncing that part uh, in a live performance. Like, come on, man! Like, they probably told her. She got a monster <laughs> voice, though. <laughs> so, like, come on, man. Um. So yeah, there's a it's a it's on YouTube. Search the song "Ride on Time." <laughs> the, the word "ride" R I D E. And on time by Black Box, and you'll see a live performance of it. And it, like, why? Why? Why does it? Why is it? Why is that happening? They're like lip sync all of it. Yes, lip sync all of <laughs> all it. Of yes, it. all of it. But but there's like a an effect here. It goes like, just all it. of it. They'll believe it. <laughs> They'll believe what we tell them. You know, which um, is kind of yeah. what you know. I'm sure that they thought like yeah they'll. Yeah, they'll believe what we tell them, but they speak with thick German accents. They'll believe what we tell them. Like <laughs> if we put them in front of them and make it look convincing, and yeah. So, uh, I think CNC Music Factory they made they made amends. At least they yeah they they really tried to make amends with Martha Martha Wash at least uh, on their next album. Um, they had a song called "Do You Want to Get Funky" or "Want to Get Funky with Me" or something like that. Yeah. Uh, to where Martha Wash is on the song and in the video. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> they made it up to her. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it was one of those, just one of those instances to where image is so important in the music but, industry. Yeah. You know, you know, at least you're going to find some people who will at least try to do right by, they'll try to do right by the artists. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and then you end up having, um, you may have some instances to where maybe this particular, you know, like you were saying it, it's hard for women. Yeah. You may have this woman who's not particularly good looking mm-hmm. enough. And so she ends up being a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I think artists. Megan Trainer was for a while. Yeah. Until she, I feel like she forced her way, but I mean, she made fun of the fact that she wasn't good looking in her song, her first single. But then, then like, it's still part of that still happens to her. Cause there was a video that she had to where she noticed she had been Photoshopped to look skinnier. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know if it's a record company or whoever posted the, the video had to take it down and then re-release it with it not being so heavily edited and yeah. photoshopped. So it still happens. This kind yeah. of stuff still happens today, you know, just in just in different ways. As far as vocally, you're not going to. Uh, I mean, you're going to see claims of, of ghostwriting, mm-hmm. probably more in hip hop rather than in pop music. Because everyone knows who writes um, in pop music. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we we know who the writers are because it's not that important in pop music, really, to write yeah. your own stuff. They just for some reason they have they're hung up on the fact that did you perform it? Can you actually say right? It? You know, and hip hop, it's like did you write it? Because hip hop is supposed to be about it's more about your perspective mm-hmm. in poetry form. Did you did you write that? Did you say that? Mm-hmm. I mean, some people like okay in the events of that of that song. Okay, that stuff didn't happen to them, but mm-hmm. they're storytellers too. Yeah, in a way. So you're supposed to at least you at least wrote it down. Yeah. Or unless you're Jay Z and you don't need to write anything down, <laughs> I still find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't believe that either. I don't. I'm a huge Jay Z fan. I don't. He, that means that. he can't. He doesn't. You can't use a pen for anything. You can't sign a check. <laughs> you can't sign a contract. No autographs. You, you're not writing your own name. No, he's like that waiter at the at the store at the um, place that's like, I don't need to write it down. I, I got it all up here in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he messes up your order. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's Jay Z. <laughs> so. Uh, writing writing your own rhymes you know ghost writing there can yeah. can happen i mean it's happened like i think people know by now dr dre does not yeah write well i mean rhymes. dr dre's came out and said it even uh snoop dogg came out and said that he does it now to give yeah people a shot like he had his shot as a ghostwriter coming up so yeah well see snoop at least wrote something yeah. Sometimes. Well, no, like but he's saying I now that he's think, famous, he's yeah. big. He doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. He'll have ghostwriters now. That's fine. But when he was on like, his way up, yeah, he, he Dr. Dre, like no one up. really looks at Dr. Dre as a great rapper. No. Great producer, mm-hmm. but not a great rapper. Mm-hmm. Like Ice Cube wrote everything for NWA or the or DOC. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of the same as far as like when The Chronic came out. That, did Snoop write all that? Or was it. Uh, was it DOC mm-hmm. or was it uh, I don't know some other guy? I mean, hell, I mean, <laughs> hell, Kendrick Lamar wrote his verse in, in for, the recipe for the recipe. Yeah, <laughs> if you can't tell, listen to the rapping. Just listen styles. to it. It sounds like the same Lamar. exact style of rapping <laughs> each verse. You know, so um, I think it also happened with uh, one thing. I, I I saw him credited as a songwriter, and I listen and then listening back to the song. There's a song by um by Will Smith called Party Starter. Hmm. It's like this. He sounds like ludicrous. <laughs> I look at the credits. Chris Bridges. Oh God! <laughs> so right there, yep, there it is. 
<laughs> there it is. <laughs> you know, um, so, um, and, and then with, uh, with EDM, yeah, with the producer being the star, mm-hmm. it's not the producer doing everything. No. Like uh, David Guetta, he's got to have a team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he uh, does. Uh, Diplo probably has a team. Mm-hmm. Major Laser has a team. Uh, these guys have teams of people who yeah. put this stuff together. And it, Calvin Harris probably has a team now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's not they're the they're the face without having to sing. It's that that that's a hustle right there. Yeah. That's that, a good hustle right there. Yeah. You don't have to sing and you probably don't have to write anything either. Yeah. <laughs> Just be the name. Basically. Uh so this kind of thing when you're saying with Millie Vanilli, while it has a it is it's a major scandal, mm-hmm. it hasn't really stopped anything. No. Uh, you know, you have to have a certain image, and even though the music video isn't as important as it was, yeah, um, or maybe it's still kind of important, but not nearly as much as it was in the eighties and nineties, right? Yeah, like it was everything. Like somebody could hear a song and like the song and request the song to have it play on the radio. And this artist has not made a music video; you don't know what they look mm-hmm. like. But they may look good enough to where they, if they actually got the song made in the first place. Yeah. Well, they look good enough to be on social media. They look good right. enough to be on Instagram and Snapchat and and to be on the MTV Video Music Awards because that still exists even though music videos are dead for the and, most part. And, and MTV doesn't even play. Yeah. But they still have an award show. <laughs> they have an award show. Yeah. Well, that, you know, we mentioned a couple episodes ago that. Uh, Soul Train has an award show and they, and they don't exist. have a TV show anymore. Uh, so weird. <laughs> so weird to me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, guys, with, with Frank Farian, this didn't stop him either. This definitely didn't stop him. He tried repeatedly to get uh, Millie Vanilli, there, that kind of, that sound going again under yeah. some different names. Uh, he also produced LaBouche. Oh, I love LaBouche. Um, uh, he is also uh, there was somebody else I saw him produce, which basically means the mouth, in right? Labouche. Um, who else did he he produced for somebody else? Oh, he had a he had a super group which had a lot of guys from Toto on it. Yeah, um, <laughs> produced for Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, and but like I said, he did this again and he's he's more about him. He's like, Man, if I could just get somebody to sing my songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no mercy. It, it was just yeah. basically just one of those guys. But um yeah, it's it hasn't stopped. No. You know, there's uh this was just a story where you know he got caught, I guess. <laughs> well not that he got caught. He was just it he was he Frank Farian came from a place of privilege. Yes, he's German, and if you look at him, you just think, oh, it's a, just another white guy. Mm-hmm. So it's white privilege. But what I mean, but with the privilege <laughs> thing is, like, he's a producer. He has the clout. Mm-hmm. So he could expose everything, and it wouldn't do anything to him. Yeah, it didn't hurt him at all. Uh, it only hurt the people who were involved, like 
they tried to come back. I'll I'll play the clip here to where um make sure from the Arsenio Hall. Yeah. From the Arsenio Hall show. So after this came out, um Millie Vanilli, well, Robin Fab became Robin Fab, but then they uh they went in Arsenio Hall and had their first live performance with them performing themselves. So this from behind the music is about a minute long. Um Give it a second, because someone tried to make this a, a little mini movie on YouTube. Please welcome Rob and Fab. Now that they were singing live, they finally got to tell their story to Arsenio Hall. Why didn't you sing in the first place, man? You can sing. First, I want to say to the allowed. audience that uh, <laughs> we don't want to blame or point the finger at anybody. We take the blame on us. And then finally the moment they had been waiting literally their whole career for. The chance to sing live on American TV. A lot of people saw us perform. And I think it was a very good thing because from that day on, some of the guests who came on the show were like, wow. Rob and Fab's comeback album was doomed to fail. The record company didn't have enough money to print records or promote it, and it sold only 2,000 copies. It was the end of the line for Rob and Fab. I didn't believe no more. You know, basically, I was right. There was nothing to believe no more for me. I lost the, the good, the innocence. Yeah. Uh, 2,000? Yeah, two thousand copies. That's that was, and that was probably their record company. <laughs> that album literally went well, not literally, but it went wood. Yeah, the album went wood. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, they tried. Yeah, they they and they tried to get away from it, but the more that they were out there, I think what what hurt them is that they never, um because of what the music business is like, if you're gone for too long, people will forget about you. So in the span of a year, year and a half, they tried to uh, make this comeback by doing the vocals themselves, putting together an album. There was a, I remember there was a commercial for, uh, it was some gum commercial, but it was it was it was them in the commercial and uh to where they were like pretending to sing opera. Oh, I remember that commercial. And then the opera yeah. and then the, the record skipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you know, they tried they made fun of themselves about it. You know, so for that time they they tried to approach it by having a sense of humor. Um and like, okay, we're just gonna we're just get, gonna get back into this. We're gonna show that we can do that. Yeah. Do this. So they were motivated to prove themselves, but in the same at the same time, they were just digging a deeper hole. <laughs> With an album that sold two thousand copies, right? And they didn't sound all that great on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Arsenio Hall said that that Fab could sing. Being nice, uh, he was being nice. Yeah, he was trying to give him a chance. Yeah. Um. You know, we didn't hear uh, Rob singing at all. So <laughs> if you think about it um, and then today, you know, people, people who who um, are not familiar, uh, uh, Rob Pilatus died in 1998 
from a drug overdose. Yeah. Uh, Fabrice Fabmore Van, is he still out here? Yeah, just doing. He's stuff. still yeah. out here trying, trying to, do to do it. Music, yeah. Uh, it's been over twenty five years, and yeah, yeah, he's he's still out here trying to do it. Like I, I see a YouTube video of him performing a Millie Vanilli song from 2011. Let's see how this sounds. Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, that clap. That beat clap. We got singing lessons. Like he's, I'm sure he's got some sort of money. He could get singing lessons. Or maybe that's after the singing lessons. Ben, he, he's 50 years old, man. Hey, he's been at this for 25 years at least. Still not as sad as Corey chasing this dream. Still not as sad as Corey what, Feldman. Still not as sad. Yeah. <laughs> But still sad. Pretty sad. He. Yeah. Man, it's, it, this is so it's so disappointing to where not to where I don't want to be like, man, just move on, man. Do something <laughs> else. Like, I want to say that, but. Just so. Oh, oh the, the the carefree sugarless gum. They begin okay. to lip sync opera and the announcer says, how long does the taste of carefree sugarless gum last? And then the record starts to ki- to skip. And then the announcer says, until these guys sing for themselves. Mm. Uh, so they just keep digging this hole, man. And I figure with, with Fab being out here, just what, I, 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 is there nothing else for him to do? Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe trying for over 25 years do to act? try to prove <laughs> to prove himself I mean he could act I mean he can make some uh, he's French so he could you know be in some French films or, or a French soap opera or something man like or maybe he made a promise that he would I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> made a promise to, to rob <laughs> I'll, I'll pursue this I don't know <clears throat> I don't I don't know how he's still doing this either though but it looks weird. He's still out here, man, and I don't get it. No, yeah, me either. <laughs> like that, that with that video, where was that? He said it was 2011, right? That was from 2011, and it looked, it was for some concert, and there are a couple of other live clips of him singing Milli Vanilli songs and doing interviews. Uh, there's a where are they now clip from, mm. <laughs> from Oprah Winfrey's channel. Like what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to prove that he can sing and people see that name and they're going to, they're going to pass him over. Uh, Maybe I'm not saying broke. like, like, like I'm not telling him to give up, but I'm, am asking what is the point? Maybe he just needs the money, like every, like a, a quick Milli Vanilli appearance, get a few grand, 
that he can continue to pursue that dream of being a singer. I don't know. know. (laughs) (laughs) He just makes a quick buck. Like, hey, man, you want to show up at the Troubadour? Sing a couple of Milli Vanilli songs, we'll pay you. What's interesting is that he still looks like he's like at the oldest 30. Oh, yeah, he looks very young. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. he's 50 years old guys he, and he's he's still chasing that dream mm-hmm. yeah, he looks he looks like he's a little bit older than me yeah <laughs> but he's got hair <laughs> so i'm jealous uh it's crazy like i don't i don't know what he's trying to accomplish now but he's still out here yeah he's i don't know i it's it's still so weird to me because um uh, Everyone has gotten past that. I think a lot of people have got have gotten past. They're not, there's not that milli vanilli like uh, yeah. outrage that which. Oh, as we've talked about, I feel like man, that's kind of fake outrage right there. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> who cares? But no, I, I bet you we could get him on the show. <laughs> but he wants us to pay him though. Look him up on Instagram. And be like, hey, bro, we're just talking about you. Like, you want to come on? But tell yeah, you a story. He might want us to pay him. Yeah. But um, all in all, I don't think this stopped anything as far as the, the pop music machine or however no. people look at it. No, because what, just 10, 10 years later, um, we started to see the rise of the boy band. Or even less than that, really, I mean, with boys, not boys to men, Jesus Christ, with um, New Edition, um, New Kids on the Block, we saw the, you know, we saw the boy band craze. And then um, 10 years them, later, it was fully realized. But with them, they did... they. What they how they are better is they were actually singing. Yeah. They didn't do a whole lot of writing. No. They tried. They did a little bit of writing here and there, probably because mm-hmm. they had to push really hard for it. <laughs> but it was still them. Yeah. It was still them out there. It was their voices. Yeah. That's the one thing you but can't like take I, away. Like I was saying, like people may like they may say, "Hey, your music sucks. I'm not listening to it. Or whatever. My little sister likes it, or however you want to yeah. say it." But but people are saying that not thinking it's not actually them singing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, it's, I can't believe that <laughs> is still out here trying to make it. He's, he, he's telling the wife or girlfriend, look, the band's going to make it. That, that Goldie Oldie <laughs> paycheck, man, is still good. You can still cash it. I, yeah, I'm surprised he still has like the, permission to do those songs oh i mean frank ferris he's like i'm not gonna fight him on this one it's not gonna it's not, it's not worth it he's got other acts to manufacture yeah um so yeah it it happened before millie vanilli it's happened after millie vanilli and in some way it's gonna keep happening mm-hmm. you know not that you know there needs to be any vigilante to expose people i mean there probably are you know they're they write for blogs mm-hmm. or or have their own youtube channel or whatever um but it's still it's this kind of thing is still going to happen to where if you have the right look mm-hmm. and someone happens to have a sound that people will will gravitate to you can sell seven million albums. Yeah. Well, probably in today's age, a million, and then get like a lot of Spotify <laughs> streams, like half a billion Spotify streams. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then, and then uh, you can, from there, just aspire to be like Drake. Mm-hmm. 
have a billion Spotify streams and no matter how many claims there are that you're not writing your own rhymes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are still out here doing it and don't end up like fab. Uh, I, I, that's why I, that, that's part, that's the part that I, that makes it a pop music tragedy to me. Oh, is he still trying? <laughs> He's still out here. 25 years. He would chase this for 25 still years, bruh. Oh man, that's and doing the songs that he actually did not sing, Mm -hmm. but he's singing those songs now, trying to prove prove himself. You know, I really sung those. Like, no, you didn't. You know, I really sung those, right? No, you didn't. We know you didn't. I mean, we know you sung it this time, (laughs) but that you know the first time, no, and it sounded awful. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. All right. So let's get to my earworm of the week. Um. My earworm of the week is uh, it's a cover of a song, but it's um, hmm. I like that does he that this particular artist covered the song because it kind of changed the perspective of what the song is. I like when that happens. <laughs> Someone did that for me for Hey Y'all once. Really changed it up. So uh, this is a song written by. Oh, let me let me find it. I like I like telling the story of of these of these songs that I that I like listening to. So, um, let's see. Okay, here we go. All right, the song was written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Okay, and originally performed by Sherelle. I'm trying to see if you, if you know what song I'm talking about yet. <laughs> uh, sure. Originally performed by Sherelle in 1984. But in 1986, it was released as a single by another artist named Robert Palmer. So, uh, this is Robert Palmer's cover of the song, I Didn't Mean to Turn You On. I love Mr. Robert Palmer. (laughs) Uh, It's on my favorite covers list. It's on my Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis list, even though they didn't produce it. It was actually produced by Bernard Edwards. For his version? Okay. Yeah. From Chic. So that means Tony Thompson played drums on it. <laughs> that was a, um, that was a funk. That was a funk. That was a very talented band. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about Chic one day. How they are, they are a hell of a lot better. And yeah. should get more credit than than they have. Yeah, they're they're not just the dude that was on the Pharrell song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or wrote stuff for Duran Duran. Yeah. But this is I Didn't Mean to Turn You On by Robert Palmer from his album Riptide. And we will be right back.
right, that is I Didn't Mean to Turn You On by Robert Palmer from his album Riptide. And uh, there is a video for it, and it looks exactly <laughs> how you think it might look like. Oh, does it look like the Addicted to Love video? Yes, because mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> the Robert Palmer look. <laughs> hey, but he, he had he had a theme. Yeah, yeah. It was, so <laughs> it was later swagger jacked by um, Shania, Shania Twain. Dwayne. Yeah, she looked better doing it. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, looked pretty true. good. Yeah, <laughs> minus all the dudes behind her, but she looked pretty good doing it. Yeah. Um. That's an album we may have to talk about. So come on over the, over the monster that we talked that is, <laughs> We talked about it briefly on here, yeah. but that I don't think people understand how the country that was the that country thriller. <laughs> the album was a beast. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's going to do it for our program, man. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Who's made it yeah. this far. And uh, like I said, if you, if you're an indie artist and you want to and you know you don't mind us playing your song on our show and we talk about it mm-hmm. um, just like one of our posts on Instagram any mini money mow it and yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, so yeah that's our Instagram by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U uh, rather than the word U because we're urban yes U is for urban I don't know if you can tell by the voices I don't know if they can tell we don't always sound urban so yeah. you know yeah. uh, we well, enunciate <laughs> And because we don't sound urban, well, I, if we were nominated for a Grammy, it would be in the best urban alternative performance category. <laughs> <laughs> it's R&B, but he's rapping, but he's kind of weird looking. Oh, whatever. Um, that's the same spelling for our email. By the time you hear this at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook at by the time you hear this spelled with the word you. Y-O-U. Yes. And uh, you also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and or the Satchel Podcast Player. And um, I'm going to have to get one yeah. of those, too, because I uh, gave up my iPhone. So got to find a way to. Yeah. I'm, I'm questioning our friendship right now because <laughs> you gave up the iPhone. But it's because they gave up on headphone jacks. Yeah. I, I have the one still with the headphone jack. Yeah, so. you got the last good one. That's going to be so much money on the open market. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd probably get a lot of money off of it. Yeah, you could make a lot know, of money. You know, there were people selling iPhones for like, if not hundreds, thousands of dollars because it still had Flappy Bird on it. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> But even though there were games that were just ripped off Flappy Bird, but made it something else. Yeah. But it's got to be the one with Flappy Bird. I'd never play the game, so <laughs> I didn't get the addiction. Uh, so um, you can listen to our podcast on those platforms. You might as well get the Podomatic app. They have an app. Oh, yeah. Okay. Podomatic yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll get that. Uh, or Satchel Podcast Player. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not leaving anyone out. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's gonna do it for our show. Um, uh, we're gonna end it with. Uh, we're gonna end it with "Baby, Don't Forget My Number." Okay, okay. Uh, and we don't want you to forget our podcast. Oh, <laughs> such cheese. Yeah, no right. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Later. Okay, Eddie, this one's for you.